everyone, my name is Russ Perry. I am your host of Create Tech. And today I'm very excited to bring to you uh, someone representing one of uh, the larger brands that many of us know, and that is Gaurav Pani, who is represented here from GoDaddy. And uh, Gaurav, I love your title, by the way, President of U.S. Independence. It sounds so regal and cool inside of it. But before we get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today as we look at creative technology, everything in between. How are you doing? Great to be here, Russ. I really appreciate the opportunity to reach your audience. And uh, yes, the title is something that I'm still trying to reconcile with. <laughs> Maybe it comes with uh, like a robe or a crown or something inside of that. Uh, well, let's just jump into that because I think, you know, especially from people my generation, GoDaddy is a brand that we remember as one of the original viral marketers, the original like, hey, we're going we're gonna to take a, a B2B type product and market it like consumers. And now it's a and it's a huge company, publicly traded company that isn't just about domains. It's not just about you know getting people online, but a whole product and of services, of support, of ways that you're connecting with uh, businesses and entrepreneurs around the globe. So where do you fit into this big puzzle? Because it is a big one, then that's for sure. <laughs> it is at the same time, Russ. It is actually a very basic problem is basic social problem that we we think we are here to solve which is how do we enable and empower everyday entrepreneurs anywhere in the world uh through tools and and our training classes etc to be successful both online and in person mm -hmm. and if you look at just the u.s centric data uh what you'll find is you know according to the bureau of labor statistics 20 percent of small businesses in the u.s fail within a year yeah in five years, 50% fail. And within 10 years, only 30% are running. Right. And when we went, reached out and talked to our customers about their problems and what is it that it takes for them to be successful, the answer we got was very, very simple. They wanted us to take care of two things. Save them time and get them more customers. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a very, very basic problem of, can you make it efficient for me to be up and running? And can you help me get more customers so right. that I can be successful? And that's what we are here to do. Right. We're trying to make our customers as successful as possible through the use of technology to make sure that they can, you know, low stress, minimum effort spent. And if we can get them more customers, if they're successful, then we're successful. It's probably a very unique business challenge and a very large one in which you're going after customers that have a li high likelihood of not making it. And you have to... You have to think it's it's not the hard part isn't getting them online. The hard part isn't getting them launched. It's not it's not the logo or getting the ideas out there. The hard part is what comes next. And that's that growth and helping support and that sustainability. You know, the one thing I having met so many of our customers that I truly appreciate is the courage. Yeah. You know, the tenacity with which they they go after their dreams and the passion with which they they followed through on it. There is no substitute for that. Yeah. And yes, it is. It is a hard problem to solve to make sure that as a small business, small as an entrepreneur starting up, to go from zero to you know whatever number you want to hit. But the key ingredient for success is that passion and that drive. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's like I wouldn't trade it for anything else. 
So we're going to get into the nuances, and I really am curious in, in a minute on, you know, where the way GoDaddy is looking at some of the newer technologies and some of the newer things that are really exciting for creatives, entrepreneurs, business owners. But let's give, let's give a, a quick, you know, how did you get here? Like, I know you've worked for big brands, Expedia, other, other ones. Like, how did you land into this very big role, but also a role that's helping the small guy, helping those entrepreneurs? Um, a lot of people I talk to, we we laugh. They they studied something totally unrelated to what they're doing, and maybe that's your story too. But I'd love to know what's the journey that landed you here today. Russ, mine is an interesting story. Uh, it's an immigrant story coming to this country with uh, not a lot of money uh, and getting a degree in computer science, okay, and economics, okay, and then trying to decide whether I should go into technology or into banking, and I decided to go into technology. Mm-hmm. And fast forward many years, you know, I think it was like 2015 or 2016, and I realized that uh, I really didn't understand the customer problems well enough just being in technology. So I took a flyer, and there happened to be this gentleman who gave me an opportunity to just go run performance marketing, search engine marketing, for a rather large brand. I had no business doing that job <laughs> because I knew nothing. I'd never even heard of search engine marketing. Um. But, you know, he, he did have the, the faith in me to go say, you know, you, you'll figure it out. And I did that for a while. And I actually got to understand the dynamics of how people uh, think about discretionary spend, how people move around the world, et cetera. And, uh, you know, and then that opened up a lot of doors in marketing for me to go run other verticals. And, you know, I, I worked in uh, customer marketing and brand purchasing. I was short time uh, cover for someone for public relations. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, and then that same person became the CEO of GoDaddy. And, and you know, I, I followed him here to GoDaddy and uh, Aman has been an incredible leader uh, and he's given chances to people and he's seen things in people that they don't necessarily see in themselves. Right. Right. And I think that's the kind of leader that I followed. And I think that's how I see us as a company is we try to look for things in our customers uh, the spark, and say, how can we help them? And I think it truly is the way we choose to live is even, I'll just give you a simple example. Our success metric for bulk of my teams is customer value achieved. Mm. And we are trying to actually come up with a mathematical model that says, did customer X achieve value in the last 30 days? Right. And we're maniacally focused about getting as much signal as possible to say, are we doing everything we can to get them to get value? Right. And what we found is when customers achieve value, they renew with us and they continue as a business. So their success has, is, is a function of our success. Now, when you look at that metric, and I, and I think anyone in product software building a business, you go, you say something, a blanket statement, like you got to understand the customer and no one's going to disagree that's great. But I find that hard to do at my scale. And my scale is much smaller than yours. How do you even comprehend that at a larger scale? And or do things not really change? Just a matter of, of, of the time it takes or the tools you have access to? Because I think that statement, understanding the customer, understanding the, the, their problems, understanding their needs is, is something that we, we want to do. But people find that, you know, it, it doesn't always feel like it's achievable. And I'm just thinking for, for your teams, it's like, 
100x or 1,000x larger of a client base and a customer base. So what's, what's the approach top down for actually doing that and then making decisions that could impact, you know, millions of people? I'll tell you what, Russ, maybe your problem is harder than ours. <laughs> I'll tell you why. When you have fewer signals, mm-hmm. that sparsity of data actually creates a lot more doubt for you because you don't, you don't get an opportunity to find patterns. That is a huge advantage of being a larger company because you see so much traffic and you can find patterns and at least use correlation between some of those events to come up with what good might look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a challenge for small businesses everywhere, which is sparsity of information. How is someone who's running a bakery, they are great bakers, incredible bakers, but how would they know what type of image they should put on social media that will give them the most number of clicks and lead to the most amount of traffic coming to their site? Now, what we would do is we'd say, okay, if there's more traffic coming to the online site, the likelihood of success of foot traffic coming to the physical store is also going to be high. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are the things that are driving traffic into the site? Okay, what was the click-through? Which thing that they click off from? And when your inferring inferences are made from like all these digital assets, at machine scale, it actually starts to become easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge that we have as a company is to trust the numbers mm-hmm. because everyone has biases. Individual people, myself included, I want that test to win. No, I don't want it to win. I just want it to be conclusive. (laughs) And I think that's the biggest thing that we have to train ourselves to do is it's not just about winning. It's about getting conclusive evidence, win win or learn, right? And when you have as much data as we have, you either win or you learn and you do that really, really fast. So in a lot of ways, it's an advantage for us to do those things about learning about our customer, which... When you are a smaller business, it is hard. Right. All right. Hypothetical question. You're trapped on an island and you only can know three things about your customer. And if you know these three things, you're going to succeed and survive and get off the island. What are the three things you would want to know? Well, I was stuck on an island many moons over, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Save that for a maybe follow-up interview. Yeah. (laughs) I went to high school on an island. Okay, great. Um, and uh, the three things I'd want to know about our customer. What an interesting question. I would want to know what, I would want to know who their customer is. Mm-hmm. What is the problem they're trying to solve truly? Mm-hmm. Because if we could just like walk a mile in their shoes with, in terms of the problem they're trying to solve, that'll help. I would like to know their constraints. So whether it's capital constraints or time constraints or something within which they're operating. And I would love to know what their goal metric is. Hmm. Like what goal they want to Where get. they're going. What is the yeah. Where do they want to go? So what's the problem they're trying to solve? What resources do you have to solve that problem? And where do you want to go? If I know those three things, we can probably help people a lot. Right. Love it. Okay, great. That might be a recurring question. Yeah. I mean, the, the trap in the island... Create tech model questionnaire. I just, uh, I mean, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to break things down because as an entrepreneur, as a business, or as someone creating value in the marketplace, um, if there's not an understanding of, of, of that value and that value can't make an impact, I think this contributes to the failure. You know, it's the misalignment that you think, you think your stuff is the best, 
but no one else agrees. <laughs> and it might be great, but it just might be the wrong person or the wrong message, or you're going down the wrong path. And so I love the way you break that down because it's a, it's a simple framework to, to say, do I know these things about my customer intimately so that I am making decisions sure. in my own business to solve the right problems, to provide the right resources or accessible resources, right? I imagine if domains were $10,000 each, there'd be a lot less businesses that start, you know, and, you know, back in the day, it was super complicated. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to age us, but we, it was not easy at one point to start a line, an online present. Now you can do it in three clicks and everything creates itself for you. Um, So look, let's go into technology. There's been, I actually heard, and it blew my mind that, you know, this AI wave we're experiencing um, you know, I'll know, I'll know chat GPT that was launched in November of 2022. Isn't that amazing? And it feels like a decade, you know, like how much has changed in less than a year. And so I could only imagine, I mean, can I be a fly on a wall for a second inside the offices of GoDaddy when either were you guys ahead of this and you kind of knew things were coming or even for a company your size, was this a surprise in terms of how quickly things started to evolve with um, language models, AI generation. Um, And then, you know, I'd love to know like how you guys are thinking about this because there's so many ways you can leverage this or create your own technology um, based on, you know, these goals that you've set forth with, with helping these business. I'd love to know, you know, what was the, what was the insider like moment where you guys were like, oh shit, you know, like this is huge. And then where, what's been the the philosophy you've adopted on how you guys are approaching it? Yeah, actually, for us, two and a half years ago, we had something else that had we had started, which was we wanted to figure out how we could, instead of building a website for a customer in under an hour, like full-fledged website, how could we do it in under a minute? Mm-hmm. And so there were some people on different teams that got together, they had a Slack channel, they're talking about, like, wouldn't it be great if we could do X? Or wouldn't it be great if we could do Y? And people, there were people who were following patterns. We were following patterns on artificial intelligence and what was happening in AI. Uh, but like LLMs being available as easily as they are now with with Bard and and, and you know OpenAI and Llama and add the next thing and <laughs> the journey building yeah. on top of that. And so I think we didn't expect it to open the doors for us in tw- at the end of 2022. But when it did, what we did know by then was the customer problems we wanted to solve. Right. And this, like, AI is just a tool, like, a capability that helps us solve those customer problems. And there was just an incredible amount of joy. Like, like you could see people going, we can now actually execute on those things we've been talking about for the past two plus years. And we can do it in a much more affordable way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was moment number one. Like, my goodness, this is it. We've got to go do it. Moment number two was uh, my whole org, which is the U.S. Independence Org within um, within GoDaddy. We made a choice to say we will halt everything in our roadmaps that we're working on for the next six weeks. And in the next six weeks, we will ship every single generative AI feature that we had thought of mm. doing. And people are like, that's impossible. That's so much. And I'm like, nope, we have to ship everything, right? Like, and it's a little bit of a, you know, 
crazy professor moment or whatever, but <laughs> I was just like, we have to ship it all. We have to do it all. And it's, of course, it's not all. It's a, it's a mindset to say, this is the only thing that matters and everything else has to go on the back burner for the next six weeks. Right. We did it. Uh, at the end of six weeks, we shipped 27 customer-facing features. Wow. Can you name uh, a few just for the audience that doesn't, doesn't, uh, isn't aware? Uh, well, we have uh, a, a product called Conversations, which is our uh, chat app that we have for um, our entrepreneurs. That is backed by Generative AI. Uh, our logo builder product is backed by Generative AI. If you come into our website builder and you want to write your About Us section, there's a little magic wand button. You just click on it and it generates different About Us for you. Um, social media, uh, basically any post that you want to do to um, Facebook, Instagram, and a bunch of different uh, social platforms, you choose your tone of voice. Uh, and we have like um, a calendar of events. So let's say it's National Cookie Day. <laughs> and today happens to be National Cookie Day and you want to post something to Instagram, you choose your your tone of voice, which could be like fun about National Cookie Day and hit the magic wand and it generates content for you to go post. Right. And then you just, you, you can accept it as is or you can edit it and then just click a button and it posts onto your Instagram. So what did you learn about your teams? I mean, because I don't feel like we experience these industry-changing moments in a positive way. There's obviously industry-changing moments in a horrific way, like the economy crashing or, you know, meltdowns of banking systems. But this was like, a, this was like a, I think, a once or twice in a lifetime moment. And you guys rallied around it. I mean, what was the energy? What was the vibe? Were, 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 was, were you just buying pizza every single night for everybody? Like, just to make sure that we were team rah-rah, sleeping bags? Like, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, Russ, you know, ironically, if we were 100% back in the office uh, uh, and working like we were before the pandemic, then that would have been exactly the, what we would have done. Yeah. But the post-pandemic world, we we work virtually, yeah. um, and you know we don't have any like mandatory work in the office thing, and we continue the same way. We still let our our, our team members figure out where they want to work from, mm -hmm. and so people, you know, I think it's 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 fascinating that it was the first moment after the like I would say the end of the pandemic when people got to rally around one thing, mm -hmm. and lots of calls if they were self-organized people were just doing it on their own mm. we never asked people to do anything extra we just said don't do anything beyond this yeah <laughs> stop doing everything else and it's amazing to see how much people felt joy doing one thing and doing it really really well which is hard sometimes i mean it's it hard. is extraordinarily hard they, at the executive and leadership level, I mean, do you think you guys stumbled across a new strategy for product development? You know, like once a year for six weeks, we just go crazy and then get back to work? You know, it, well, yes, there was one. Now I'll share that with you. Um, you know, Aman came to me before the earnings call and he said, hey, look, you know, I want, I want you to challenge me. I want you to push me. I want you to, uh, I want you to, tell me how we can be more than what we just tell. Like, you know, when you're a publicly traded company, you just become somewhat refined and you have a very curated story. So I just said, Aman, just, just commit to this. Just, just tell them we're going to 
have a wow moment uh, in November. Just tell them it's going to be a wow moment. And you can tell them whatever makes sense. We will just build it. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, just, you know, within reason, just tell them we're going to wow them with generating AI. And just, and he was like, well, that's, that's an odd way of managing. I said, well, look, like I'm unshackling you to like make a commitment and, and we'll figure it out. Right. Uh, and you know, that's what we are doing right now. Right. Like right now, this, like, as, as we speak, our teams are working on this project to like have a wow moment. And am I going to have to wait till November to find out? I mean, it's going to be around generative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do categorically where, where it's headed. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are, we are working. Look, I think the way we work and you don't have to wait till November. All it is. We work in a culture of experimentation. Right. And every single thing that we will share uh, in November, we would have already tested it. Mm -hmm. So there'll be audiences that are exposed to it. Uh, we'll get feedback. We'll actually learn from the data which features are worth <clears throat> scaling out and which ones we will just retire or go back to the drawing board on. So, you know, like the logo builder that I mentioned is part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... It's uh, three things you provide to it, the name of your company, what it's about, and three words to describe it, and it generates a logo for right. you automatically. Just that, that's three pieces of information. Right. And we're just trying to make it better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's, there's always work to be done to make it more, a richer uh, feature set, but that's already out there and it's going to be part of this reveal. It's just going to be a lot of things that come out together. Love it. I love it. So when you look at like the philosophy of technology and what you decide to go down and what you decide not to, um, and I'll just share anecdotally, you know, especially for Design Pickle being a creative company, design company, we have a lot of technology that enhances our designers. But originally, there's been a lot of fear in the market of replacement of my job of this. Um, and I think too, with any large technology revolution, you see skills and labor shift and what you used to be able to do is now no longer viable and you have to go and find other ways or go in a different path. But where, where, how do you guys approach your technology philosophy so that it's not just bells and whistles, that it's actually providing that value? Is there a mission statement, a value statement, something that really is like, if it does this, then it's a yes. And if it doesn't, then no. Or is it, you probably have no shortage of ideas. <laughs> And you got to, you know, you, have, you still have limited resources, time and expectations. So um, what, what is the way that you guys look at? I mean, we don't necessarily look at it from a technology lens, mm -hmm. just we do from a customer problem lens. Mm -hmm. We start with a customer problem. Right. If it's nearly understood that this is a customer problem that's worth solving, then we go and look for all the tools that are available to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. When we think about the tools to solve the problem, we actually consciously ask ourselves, will it add additional burden to our customers? Like, for instance, if there's a service that we want to use that has higher latency and it doesn't have an asynchronous pattern, it has to only be synchronous, we may not use it right. because we don't want our customers to waste time. Right. Right? And so there are some first principles that we look at, say, does it help save our customers time and reduce their stress? And of course, the second one, which is, does it help them get more customers? Um, we will... We, pressure test our tech choices with mm -hmm. those first principles as well. Mm -hmm. um, but then there are other things like, is it ethical, right? Is yeah. it, you know, there, there are so many uh, nuances to how technology can be used today. Uh, 
privacy of individuals. And this has been some of the challenges with uh, how we work with LLMs is how do we strip out personally identifiable information? How do we make sure that someone doesn't share information completely unintentionally and then it starts getting used for research, not by a human, but by a machine? Mm -hmm. So those we have to be extremely mindful of. Uh, and if, if in any way our customers or our employees get compromised in some way through the use of certain technology, we will just absolutely deprioritize. How are you guys looking at the risk and generative models of imagery? And I, you know, some of the, 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 the unknown territory we're in right now is the efficacy, the legality of training the models on copyright work or not. I mean, much, much larger concern for a publicly scrutinized company than, than say a privately uh, managed one. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd be curious on on how, on on what the conversations have been, or how you're trying to like what your approach is right now with with a lot of that. Yeah, as with any other new technology that we adopt, we do go through a, obviously it's a very very stringent security audit that also reviews information sharing and how does the information flow and goes through a full audit. Uh, and they have, there's a recurring audit that happens periodically, so it's not just a one time. Mm -hmm. Uh, then we go through a legal review where our legal team actually goes through terms and conditions and they go, okay, what, is it, what does it really mean? What is it really telling us? Then we'll do a proof of concept and then we'll work back and test our hypotheses to say, does the proof of concept, cons, the proof of concept validate uh, what we had held as our original hypothesis? Right. If it does, then we would move forward with it. Uh, but, you know, that said, there are challenges. Obviously, we look at things like uh, copyright. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there obviously, it's, it's uncharted territory right now for, for all of us in this area. So, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I have an answer. I don't. Yeah. All right. When Off I, the record. I know, yeah, you know, like not as a representative of GoDaddy. Like, just what are your thoughts? Like, what, is it, is it, is it right? Is it wrong? Like, if you're the creative who's like, I've yeah. spent my whole life and all of a yeah. sudden, this work is being trained. I could just type in, you know, any famous artist and generate a uh, piece of art that's music. similar, music eventually. Like, I'm just curious, so, you know, I, where, where you think? I think we have to think of the world in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. When an artist starts, they're looking at a blank canvas. Mm. And it takes them some time to go figure out what to put on that canvas. Writers hit writer's blocks all the time. Um... How do you overcome that? You have to go out and experience life. You have to see something. Something creates a spark for you to go, okay, I can pass. I can go to the next step, mm. right? What if we could use generative AI to eliminate the blank canvas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for all the creatives? Because let's face it, I don't think that a machine yet, right now, is going to be able to create a Picasso from scratch. If Picasso didn't exist and he just said, oh, like, make this thing happen, I don't know mm -hmm. uh, if a machine could do that. But because Picasso existed and, and the machine knows about what Picasso did, now it can take hints from what Picasso did and build something on top of it. Mm -hmm. So unique art, unique creations, I am not convinced yet. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be pe people who disagree with me. They'll say, okay, I use this seven combinations of words and type this in and lo and behold, this looks unique. And I went on a hugging face and I did a diff and yeah, it's unique enough. And you know, like there, there are ways around. Right. But is it going to be as big as a Picasso? Right. Is it going to be a, a Rembrandt? 
Like, are, are we going to get artificial intelligence to create something that is totally new and original in such a way that hundreds of years from now, it's going to be seen the same way that, let's say, a Monet is looked at, right? So yeah. I think that, that, to me, is still something that has to be overcome. And I don't believe that creatives have to worry about uh, generative AI replacing them. I think the way to look at it is it's a co-pilot yeah. that helps you overcome the blank. Well, if we just stay in the lane of, 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 of art in, in general, you know, I studied, I studied art. I granted, I went to ASU, so not necessarily the most prestigious school for that. But you, the, all the famous artists that we know and love studied the work of other artists. And they had phases that were unlike anything that they were famous for. You know, the works of Picasso, the works of Takashi Murakami, the works of whoever. They had a season where they weren't doing any of that. And then one day, all of their collection, all their ideas created a lane that they owned and they went down. Um, but if today I want to do a Picasso, we'll just keep on that line. If I do a Picasso, no one's going to be impressed. No one's going to be amazed. No one's going to be, wow, Russ, your Picasso is so amazing. This is an extraordinary. I still have to go out and create my original piece. And because just the very nature of how these things are, you know, like the language models and the, and the neural networks, they're just trained on old stuff. So like at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the opportunity for creatives specifically is still the same. It's like you still have to go out. Now, granted, these tools can create it in an instant, which is, I think, an advantage for inspiration and ideation. But if you want to make it, you still have to do the same thing that people have had to do for hundreds and hundreds of years is be unique. Do it differently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coca-Cola has done an amazing job of uh, showcasing how they want to build a community around their fans building commercials or like video content, mm -hmm. showcasing. Yeah, they've been doing it forever, like a long yeah. time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And so now they're like, okay, you can do it with generative AI. And like, <laughs> so, but you still need the creative spark. Yeah. The creative appears. Okay, so we're 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 uh, going to kind of wrap up and get into some of the just the technical things. I want to know. Obviously, we have the big the big guys, you know, the GPTs, the Dollies. Is there any tool out there that you've discovered that you're loving or that your team is talking about? Um, you could be self serving too if you want to throw out a GoDaddy one. I don't mind, but uh, but something that you're just really pumped about and excited about that's augmented you as a creative, as a marketer, as a leader in this new technology frontier. You know, I, I'll, I'll name a couple, one that is our own and one that is, that we are using. So we have been using stable diffusion to create storyboards for, for ads possibly. Yeah. And it is. Phenomenal. Now I know what stable diffusion is, but can you give the, give the audience just real quick on what that is? It's how do I describe it? I can explain uh, it if you like. <laughs> Publicly sourced, you know, open sourced generative models for for image for image generation <laughs> and so we're, we're using it for video and it's like you you give it a script and we start writing the script of what we would have in our commercial and it's just purely to generate the storyboards not the actual mm -hmm. commercial but we could generate storyboards for commercials uh i actually like i was sitting down at lunch with our uh, chief data officer and i was like well travis can you recreate the first Disney movie with Mickey on a pirate ship doing? And I just like, I was just saying stupid stuff to him, right? He's like, hold that thought. And he goes back into his office. And an hour later, he sends me a six second clip. That is 
pretty close. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And then we were like, okay, we need to start using this more and more. And how do we generate? And it's, it's expensive right now. Right. The, the biggest constraint right now is just compute GPUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just had a rig that we could use to do this, but hopefully the prices will break right. down. Right. Uh, and then from an internal tool standpoint, our marketing services tools for social media content creation are phenomenal. Our GoDaddy Studio, which is our mobile app available on Android and iOS, is great for logo creation, instant video creation. All of these are using generative AI. Love it. Any off-market tools, any tools that that you're just like uh, using, you know, to write your family holiday cards or something that you don't have to worry about anymore? <laughs> I'm actually, I use uh, our GoDaddy studio to create holiday cards. Perfect. So yeah. keeping it in the family. Keeping it in the family. So final question, kind of exploratory. You know, fast forward, like you've, you've been in, you've been in, um, you know, working in this space uh, for a you know, decade plus, more than that. And where, where, where do you think, you know, let's fast forward, not 10 years, let's fast forward five years. We're getting close to the end of the decade. What is the world of the modern day entrepreneur, like in terms of their tech stack, tech stack, in terms of the, pro- the those problems, like you're asking yourself the same question five years from now, what are the problems they're facing? What are we trying to solve? Um, what do you think has been solved? And what do you kind of think is the next wave of challenges that we're going to be looking at? I think that the problems are going to be the same, which is, <laughs> and I have can I give you more time? Give me more customers. <laughs> I don't think the fundamental problem will change. What will change is the 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 expectation of consumers. Mm-hmm. Right? Why why is time so important? Where in the past we could wait for a week to get something, and then Prime showed up and said, "Okay, I'm going to ship it to you," and you'll have it same day sometimes, right? And so, custom consumer expectations are actually a wired to prime right which you experience anytime you travel and it's not there and you're like wait can i get my toothpaste tonight like yeah what's that? Like, <laughs> and so that'll just actually the time expectation is just going to shrink because everything is going to become more and more instant so the challenge is going to be how can i deliver value faster uh which means how can i get up and running to your point like it used to take forever to go set up a business now it's five clicks then it's going to be oh should the business already a shell of a business already be ready for you and you just like Acquired mm-hmm. with one. Yeah. Uh, what do you do for that? How do you reach more customers? How does omni-channel just become so intuitive that it's on all physical surfaces? I think that's the kind of work that'll happen. Uh, I think generative AI is going to be transformative. I believe that blockchain has got a bad rap, but I think things it's will not, be cleaned up. It's, it's not dead. It's just taking a vacation. <laughs> it's taking a vacation. It'll, it'll probably come back sooner rather than later. And uh, there is a lot to look forward to. Quantum computing is going to do a lot of good in the world. And I think I think it's very positive. Five years from now, we would have all learnings from the last three years will just make us much, much stronger, more resilient. And I can kind of tell you're a dork like me, but we didn't even talk about like the AR and the, and the experiences and the environments that will be opened with oh. when you don't just have a screen that's sitting mm-hmm. on your desk, you know, or on your hand. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's again, you know, five, five years from now, we'll come back to that topic. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Grav, I really appreciate your time today. What's the best way people can learn more about you and what GoDaddy's doing uh, in this space? I think the, the easiest way is to just go to GoDaddy.ai. Mm-hmm. And GoDaddy.ai is where we talk about all of the work we're doing in AI. Uh, so one-stop shop, you create a GoDaddy account, 
we actually have an AI assistant, a playground where you can go and play around with prompts. Um, and then you can start using our products and it's all built into it. Awesome. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Next time you're in Arizona, let me know uh, if you make it out this way. And um, for everyone that was listening, you can get the show notes, you can get the links, you can get the details on what Godet is doing over at designpickle.com slash create tech, C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. Only one T in that. And again, thanks so much for your time and uh, looking forward to seeing where you guys go in November. Thank you, Russ. Always a pleasure. All right. Take care. To stay up to date on all our future episodes, access show notes, as well as see our past great interviews, head over to our site, designpickle.com slash create tech. That's slash C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. We'll see you next time. Take care.